Welcome to TCC Alive, a podcast of Tulare Community Church. Good morning. You know I do. You know I love you. You know I want to tell you everything that the gospel has for us. Can't do it all at one time, but over the course of the preaching schedules that we have, the preachers are trying to tell you everything that Jesus has taught us in Scripture and in the Holy Spirit. Let us pray and thank him for that. Heavenly Father, thank you for a a time like this when we can gather together outside of the world, inside to your holy spaces. Thank you for that. Help us to understand the gospel. Help us to understand the scriptures by the Holy Spirit. May they set us free and may they encourage us and and provide for us. And we ask you to bless us in this way. Give us your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, the history of the world... Yeah, well, the history of the United States is that we have gone through different segments of Scripture by elevating a particular theme. In the 1800s and early 1900s, pastors were being impressed by God the Holy Spirit to look into those passages that dealt with sin. And they began to preach that, and that's where we get fiery sermons of, you know, hell and damnation and all of that from the pulpit. And it lasts through the 50s. Of course, in the, in the 30s and 40s, we went to, through two world wars. And many were saying that this was, you know, God's method of punishing sins of the world because the world had started, when I say the world, you know, I mean people. People had started to turn away and turn to their own ways and there was great trouble and great sin throughout the world and then after the world wars, long about in the 60s, God impressed on pastors to start looking and preaching messages from love. The lovingness of God as if he were healing the world and healing our nation from those times of great trouble and and war and all of that. And we're we're still in that basic theme of the love of God. But I've learned that people need to know, among other things, they need to know their sin. For that is very much part of the gospel of Christ. Jesus spoke more about damnation than he did about heaven. We need to know that. And then another thing we need to know is how much we are saved. 
You can't know, follow me on this, you can't know God's grace unless you know your sin. You can't know about salvation unless you know you are lost. It's necessary for the human to understand sin and grace. Now, the greater of those in power and authority, of course, is grace. But listen to David from Psalm 51. And take this in. Listen to this. This is, this is the word of God written down by somebody being motivated by the Holy Spirit so that you and I could know the mind of God at this point. Psalm 51. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin, for I know my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you are proved right when you speak and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Surely you desire truth in the inner parts. You teach me wisdom in the inmost place. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. David knew he was a sinner. He said, my sin is always before me. The only way I'm going to get clean, the only way I'm going to get rid of that sin problem and the, the things it brings into my life is by you, God. You are the only one that can forgive. Well, how, how are you doing in that regard? Do you think, well, like many, do you think, well, I'm a pretty good person? Do you think, well, I'm better, you know, than that person over there? Do you think, well, I've got a lot, and we all do here in the United States, and I've got a lot, it must be because of who I am. I must be good enough to, to have this in my life. If you do, well then I'd like to tell you the Apostle John told us in his letters that if you tell yourself you have no sin, you are a liar. You better than David? The sin, he said, was in him and on him from his birth, from his conception. Because, see, sin, we try to compartmentalize sin. 
don't we? Oh, these are the bad ones, and these are, these are not too bad, and these ones over here, I can get away with that anytime I want to. Sin is not being as good as God. It's missing the mark. Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned. And this is the Apostle Paul. Speaking again by the Holy Spirit of God. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Righteousness. We don't understand this because it's not in our context. But we don't understand it. Somehow righteousness shines. And God is all righteous and he glows and shines with glory. So when Paul says we've missed the mark and fallen short of the glory of God, he means we can't glow. We can't glow. Why? Because we're not God. We can't go because we're sinful. We have no power, no authority. None except that which the Lord God gives to us. We cannot live. We cannot drag a breath on our own. God is all-powerful. You know what that means? He, he has all the power. We have no power of ourselves. What we have, the ability to walk and talk and breathe and and sing beautiful songs to God and all that, is given by him and regulated by him. And he can give it and he can take it away at his own will. We need to understand that about God, is that he's loving and gracious but he is also very, very certainly judgment uh, personified. He knows right and wrong. He knows your right and wrong. What does it lead us to? Well, it leads us to death. And I don't mean death of this body. That is, that is nothing Brothers and sisters, can we talk? Can we talk about that? The death of this body is very little in terms of the grace of God. The Bible tells us somewhere, it just occurred to me, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Precious. Because it opens up the door for our relationship one-on-one in presence with one another, we and our Savior. Now, we should understand that in the world there is sin, and in heaven there is no sin. And the only way to get from the world is to keep your eyes and your hearts and minds on Jesus Christ. For he is the only way. In the world right now, there are many, many ways. I went down to uh, uh, Camp Pendleton uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. It's my eldest granddaughter's birthday on Thursday. 
So Linda and I, you know, it's so easy for us to move now. We can't believe it. She just grabs up a few pill bottles and off we go. You know, no machine, no tubes, no, no liquids and all that kind of stuff. It's fantastic. But going down and coming back, I saw bumper stickers with all of the different symbolism of all the different religions on it. Those people wanted to send a message. They wanted to send the message that anyway is fine. All paths lead to God. Well, I'll tell you that is absolutely a terrible, terrible lie. There is only one path that leads to God, and it's Jesus. The Jesus of the Bible. Jesus Christ of Galilee, of Nazareth. That guy is the only way, truth, and life. And he can forgive you and cleanse you. Again, John says, if, if you confess your sin, he is going to cleanse you from it and take away all of your unrighteousness. You know, I've talked to you before about the two perspectives, our perspective versus God's perspective. From God's perspective, after we have loved Jesus in our heart, mind, and soul, we are clean. But from our perspective, we need to always have our sin before us. Not so that it drags us down. Don't want to go around with a long face. Reminds me of a story. Horse walked into a bar. (laughs) Bartender said, why the long face? Horses have long faces. <laughs> Don't go around worried. That's the message of Christ in the Bible is don't go around worried about sin if you truly love him and have invited him into your heart to live inside of you and you have the validation of the Holy Spirit inside, then we don't worry about our sin anymore, but we know about it. Like David said, my sin, my transgression is always before me, but you, O God, can deliver me from all of that. In his day, it was the wave of the whisp, the hyssop. Uh, <laughs> and that was the priestly uh, activity. Now Jesus is our high priest. I'd like to read you something from Ephesians. As for you, again, Paul, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. Second death, not the death of this body. The death we need to be concerned with is the second death, the death of our souls. You were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the devil, 
the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. That's Satan. That's our enemy. He wants us to fall. He wants us to sin. He wants us to forget about our sins so that it's easier to do them again. He doesn't want us to rely on Jesus. He doesn't want to be glad for the grace that is ours. He wants us to be troubled over how wicked we really are. He does, because that hurts your relationship with Christ. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Here's the passage we're all familiar with. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. We have been raised up. Oh, that David. Well, I don't know. Maybe David felt the grace of God. Oh, that he could have had that word. That we are raised up, and what that means is, is, is not raised up from the dead, although that is absolutely true. That's not what he's talking about here. He means when Jesus was among us, he was like us. He is like us. He was one of us, Emmanuel. And when he was raised up and into heaven, one of us is up there now. Jesus. Jesus, one of us, is up there promising to bring us to himself. Not only, we don't have to wallow around in the world's mire and muck. We can be lifted up and know that and let that heal us And let it bring us to the place of being useful in the kingdom. Lest you know you're saved. The only thing available to you is human altruism. That's just a state of being sorry or, or you know, associated with people who are downtrodden, hurt, ill, all of that kind of stuff. Many people in the world have that. 
They give and they work, but they can't do it with joy. They can do it with worldly happiness, but the true joy comes when we're doing it in the name of Jesus. He told us when we give, do it in his name. That's the reason for doing it in the first place. We love Jesus. We love everything about him. Let's keep our sin before us so that we can understand and truly be thankful, truly thankful in our hearts for all that he has done for us because we cannot understand it. We cannot understand it without understanding first where we have come from and where we are going. So I pray for you. I pray for you all the time. The whole staff does. Pray for you, you know, not to just save you from sin, but that you can be joyful and glad and understand grace, the undeserved favor of God. You can't deserve it. In fact, if you think you deserve it, you don't have it. It's a paradox. If you think you're good enough, then you're not. Jesus said if you wanted to be first, you had to be last. He said, I've come to save the sick, not the righteous. But thanks be to God for grace, because that's wherein, by our faith, we are saved. Let's pray and thank him. Let's give him our true selves. Let's understand who has saved us, what grace does. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, and thank you, Holy Spirit. Help us to recognize and be intellectually aware of who we are and how bad a circumstance we have been in so that we can fully appreciate, as full as a human being can, that we can appreciate your grace, your saving grace that sets us apart for now and for eternity. We pray thank you and praise you. We love you. Who is a God like you? Who is as powerful? Who is, who, who is as majestic? Your Father of all, God of all. You are in control. You have everything under your command. We thank you for with that greatness that you see us right where we are and that you love us. Thank you. Thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you want to know more about the ministries and mission of Tulare Community Church, visit us at tccalive.org.